This is the Yoga 360 Podcast, bringing you knowledge, inspiration, and resources to help you better connect with our community and live your best life. Featuring real stories from real people having fun conversations from the heart. If you enjoy the benefits of yoga, value your health and well-being, and enjoy connecting with others, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Yoga 360 Podcast. I am Steve Cotton. I'm Karen Eaney. Tonight's going to be another short posture-based episode in which Karen and I are going to delve into a specific posture. So what's that posture going to be tonight, Karen? It's going to be swan. And why is it going to be swan? Because that's what you suggested. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yes. We, were sitting, we, were, uh, we were sitting there saying, yeah, well, I think we should do a short episode. What posture do we want to do? And I was like, swan? <laughs> Pigeon? Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's your... Uh, First point of conversation, swan and pigeon are different postures. Okay. okay, so what is it exactly? <laughs> so how I would teach it would be to start, for instance, on all fours, bring your right knee directly behind your right wrist, and then bring your left leg long and straight behind you. Bring your right foot closer and closer towards your left wrist, uh, and then your right knee should be wider than your right hip. That's an important part of this, yeah? Um, and then you press your hands into the mat, and you stay upright and let all those juicy sensations sink into the hip. And they um, are juicy. So juicy. <laughs> uh, so in other traditions, you'll hear this called pigeon. Uh, in Sanskrit, again, I will probably butcher it, but kapotasana, see, um, or raja kapotasana. <laughs> Good job. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. Um, are the Sanskrit names for it. And... Other teachers listening in, please feel free to correct me. But as far as I can tell from my training, from my research, pigeon and swan differ most greatly only in the length of time you hold them for. Okay. So you're going to hang out in pigeon for less time than you will hang out in swan. And because of that, you're going to target different areas. In swan, you'll get more into the fascia. You'll get more into the joints versus a quicker pigeon hold is more about the muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I do notice them being called different things in, in the different classes. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, yeah. So vinyasa, it is pigeon. Yin, it is swan. Um, myself, for some reason, this, I think, posture more than any others, I will often call it pigeon when I should be calling it swan. Um, that's something I get feedback on sometimes. So Yeah, but I think we know what you're saying. So. You, you do, but feel free to call me on it if you hear me doing it. Um, and then the other point I want to call out right at the beginning here is that swan and sleeping swan are different postures. The setup in the leg is the same, but if you're practicing sleeping swan, that's when you fold forward over your front shin. Te- oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so technically with swan, the chest stays lifted. Your hands can be on blocks or on I the I probably ground. should know that because I'm sure you've mentioned that in class a couple times a couple times yep. i feel like it's one of those maybe things. every time i don't know uh, yeah again i'm gonna call out other teachers right now please tell me if i'm the only one that does this but i feel like i forget things sometimes and they just fall off my radar and like if you asked me is sleeping swan and swan different are sleeping swan and, and swan different postures i would have said well yes but it doesn't occur to me when i'm teaching i just automatically s- teach sleeping swan mm-hmm. because that's what we often practice here yeah or maybe if i haven't noticed maybe it's just because i'm like so zen in the moment that it's like, <laughs> could be. like nothing could is be. bothering me at the moment but they are different postures yeah so so keep that in mind swan posture you should be upright hands on the ground in front of your legs uh, versus sleeping swan you are folding forward over the front shin often resting on a bolster sometimes not uh so in the posture 
you're targeting a lot of different stuff. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, in the front hip, your front hip is in flexion and it's externally rotating. So you're really targeting that joint as well as the glutes. Um, you have three glutes. You have your glute min, which is close to the joint, your glute med, which is the outside of your hip essentially, and your glute max, which is sort of a blanket over both of them as well as over a lot of your bum. Um, your butt cheek. Your, your butt cheek, yeah. The gluteus maximus. Yes, um, that's where you're going to feel a lot of it. A lot of us will feel this in our piriformis. If you're feeling it like real deep in the bum cheek, that's probably the piriformis. Like right right honking in the middle of your butt cheek. <laughs> I'm not I, sure how I, I tend feel to about feel it. it more on the outside of the hip. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like uh, the hip joint where the ball and socket yes. would be. So that would be the... Probably glute min, glute me, maybe just the joint itself. Maybe the fascia around the joint, especially in the in practice. Um, a lot of people also feel it in the IT band, which goes along the outside of the leg from the hip to mm-hmm. the knee. I also get a pretty good release there too. Like I'll yeah. feel I'll feel the tension build and all of a sudden it'll just kind of <sighs> subside and it's like, <laughs> yeah, you just so fall good. right into it. It's so good, yeah. Um, a lot of people uh, will also feel this in the back leg because your back leg is an extension. So it's a nice stretch for the quads, especially in some variations, mm-hmm. which we will get into. Yeah, I, I start to feel it on the front of the uh, front of the hip on the back leg. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So are there any contraindications to doing this posture? Is there any conditions that people might have that you uh, wouldn't recommend this one for? Yeah. So the first one I'm going to say is just knees in general. (laughs) Um, There's a whole long list of knee injuries that you might want to avoid this posture with. But just in general, if you've had any sort of trauma in the knee joint, this posture might not feel good. Um, And that could be something really basic. Maybe you stepped wrong off a curb last week and your knee feels a little off kilter. This posture may not be great for you. Um, There's a few things we can do to help with that. But be aware if you have knee issues. Um, the next one would be for yogis who are pregnant, partially because you could get some uh, compression to the stomach, um, but there's a couple ways to avoid this. You can either stay in upright swan the entire time, or you can have blocks or a bolster underneath your chest, which gives room for the stomach. The main reason pregnant people may choose to avoid this, or maybe just find a slightly less deep edge, is that it is asymmetrically targeting the SI joint. Um, So women who are pregnant, uh, one of the very first things that happens is your body starts getting flooded with relaxin to help open the pelvis, open the hips, etc. to prepare for birth. So hips become very open when you're pregnant and you don't need to help them and you certainly don't need to help them crookedly, (laughs) right? So so, um, if you are pregnant and practicing this posture, I would urge you to go to a really, really, really gentle edge and definitely use props just to make sure your body is really supported. Okay. Do you want to get into any uh, variations for this posture? Oh yeah. I love variations. So the first variation. Are there there a lot for this one? Um, Well, yeah, there's really a lot for any posture, especially in postures, small variations that we'll make and modifications even. So let's start with the modifications. If you do have a knee issue, my go-to that I suggest is to practice figure four. So for that one, you would lie on your back. And if you're doing the right leg, you would have your left foot flat on the ground, place your right ankle just above your left knee. And then you can either stay like that if you feel it in your right hip there, or you can hug your thighs, your legs into your chest in that same configuration. It's also really lovely to practice against the wall. Um, So you would have the sole of your left foot on the wall, and that gives you a lot of control because you can slide your left foot up and down the wall to get more or less sensation into the hip. Um, So it's a really supported way. That's also a really nice variation if you do have 
any back pain, especially if you're getting some spasms and such in the posture. This is a really good way to let your back be really supported while you are targeting the glutes. Um, So it's a way for you to do the posture safely. So let's talk about the fact that it is upright swan. So technically your hands should be on the ground in front of your legs if you're practicing upright swan and you're getting a nice back bend. So tying in with that, you can amp it up a little bit more. Some people may be open enough to um, clasp their hands behind their back and really get a nice juicy chest opening, shoulder opening like that with a nice back bend. Some yogis who are very open in the hips may even want to uh, amp this up even further with some props. So if you are very open and feel nothing, maybe try adding a block or a bolster or even practicing this on stairs is nice so you put your front shin on a first step instead of just on the ground and that makes the extension bigger again i'm doing hand gestures in studio (laughs) it's never quite translated yes her arms going up and down here (laughs) yeah um so that's one way to to prop it if you feel nothing If you feel too much, or especially if you have pain, I would suggest putting bolsters or blocks or a rolled up towel underneath your hips for support. Uh, If you have discomfort in your back knee, I would suggest putting padding underneath the knee or the shin, just like you would in Dragon, and that might help you stay there a little bit longer. If upright swan isn't working for you, sleeping swan is a nice alternative, or even your first step would actually just be to walk your hands further away from your body. So sort of an in-between upright and sleeping swan. A couple other variations that are really different postures on their own would be the upright swan. So that's essentially figure four that I was talking about, except instead of lying on your back, you would have your hands on the ground behind your hips. So hands on the ground behind your hips, left foot on the ground in front of you, right ankle just above the left knee. That's upright swan. So a nice variation if you are maybe having trouble staying awake in your practice tonight and want to be a little more present, um, or even just to give yourself more ability to target into, uh, to to really specifically target how much sensation you're getting, because that means you can move your left foot further or closer away from you. Another posture would be double swan or double pigeon. In the in practice, we usually just call that square right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes called fire logs as well, wherein I usually get into it by starting an upright pigeon. So your left foot's on the ground, right ankle is just above the left knee, and then you slide the left foot across so that your left foot is underneath your right knee and your left knee is on top of your right foot. I think I said all the lefts and rights correctly there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it paints a good picture. Yeah, so essentially your shins are stacked in Mm -hmm. front of you like fire logs would be. Uh, And that helps to target into both hips at the same time rather than just one. Um, But again, in yin, that is technically a different posture entirely. Um, Another good one that I think we're probably going to do in class tonight now is called Screaming Swan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So, I don't know, Stephen, do you want to describe this? We were trying this before class (laughs) or before we recorded (laughs) here. I don't know if I'm the best person to describe (laughs) this one, but um, just picture yourself in regular swan position. So your leg is long and straight behind you. Long and straight behind you. And that leg that is long and straight behind you. Yeah. uh, Bend that one up at the knee Mm -hmm. so that your, uh, your foot is... In the air. In the air. Point, <laughs> yes, pointing up towards the ceiling. Yes. yes. Uh, reach back with your so if, same side hand, was it? Yeah. So yeah. if your left leg is back, reach your left arm back and grab mm-hmm. your left foot from the inside with your left hand. So your thumb is towards the ceiling. Yeah. And then you pull your heel towards your glutes. Mm-hmm. Now, are you grabbing the inside of the foot or the outside the, of the foot? The inside of the, the foot inside. for this one, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's sort of a nice cousin posture to king pigeon or mermaid mm-hmm. you're mentioning we were, when we were practicing that one i was like is that 
king pigeon or is that like mermaid or no but also yes <laughs> you're getting an extra stretch to the quads which mm-hmm. is really nice this is a really yangish yin posture so uh if we do it tonight we're not going to do it for long <laughs> it's going to be an offering shall we say mm-hmm. um because the first thing i i said when i went down into the posture to try to do it was like oh yeah that's cramping i was getting cramps into my quads right away so yeah and if it's, <laughs> if it's cramping the teacher we're most likely not going to be doing it for very long well so. if it's cramping the teacher who's cold and not warmed up it's a little different than cropping the teacher in the middle of class but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so that's a really yang based modification on the flip coin other side of the coin flip side there we go <laughs> um we've got sleeping swan so your legs are in the same configuration i, li- I like sleeping swan i do too it's yeah. nice yeah legs are in the same configuration but you're going to fold forward over your front shin uh you can have a bolster there is really nice to rest your torso onto um or blocks pillows whatever you have handy so a variation I really like that I'm not sure if you practiced with me before would be a side bend swan. So if your right knee is bent and forward, your left leg is long and straight behind you, I would invite the class to roll onto their right hip and then walk their hands towards the top left corner of their mat until they feel compression in the left side of the body and extension through the right side. So this accomplishes a couple things. It gives a bit of a break to the glutes, the piriformis, et cetera, that swan usually targets. Um while targeting a slightly different area of the hip and it feels really good in the spine and the side body so i often teach that um one of candace's very favorite variations is to do a twist uh so she comes into swan and then she threads her um, so if her right knee is bent she would thread her right arm underneath her left arm and have her right arm go in the same direction as her right foot Oh, okay. Yes, and then roll onto the outside of her right shoulder. Um, That's a variation she really loves. I offer it sometimes, but to be quite frank, it doesn't feel great in my body, so I don't think to offer it very often. Mm -hmm. But that's a really nice alternative, especially if you want to get some uh, shoulder arm sensation at the same time that you're practicing swan. Yeah, those are a few of my favorite variations. I do want to call out that this is a really great posture for people who, um, first of all, you'll often hear it called the runner's best friend. Uh, because runners tend to get really tight IT bands, really mm-hmm. tight glutes. Um, but it's also a really important posture for people who have experienced sciatica. Um, because this posture, either pigeon or swan, tends to touch on the piriformis quite a lot. The piriformis is a muscle that links your pelvis to your sacrum, back to front. Uh, and in, I believe it's about a third of us, our sciatic nerve actually weaves in and out of the piriformis. So if you're piriformis, and that's that muscle again, you'll feel right in the middle of your bum cheek, like right deep in it. Um, If that muscle gets tight and short, which it is on pretty much all of us, the sciatic nerve gets bunched up in it, and that can cause a lot of pain in your leg, in your hip, in your back. And so swan is a really powerful posture. Swan in particular, because you're so rested, is a really powerful posture to help release some of the fascia surrounding that area, um, to help find a little bit more mobility, a little bit more space, so that uh, the sciatic nerve isn't going to get as bunched up. Um, That being said, especially if you've had a lot of pain to that area, a lot of inflammation, swan may be too too much for you. You may have sensations that are too acute, in which case the uh, figure four variation is a really, really great alternative for you. And I've suggested to students that they should do this every day if they have that pain. It's really mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah, both I really like. So Yeah, it's one of the ones that um, one of the coolest things about being a yoga teacher for me is 
watching people's facial expressions change and just be in awe. And I've had people literally say to me, I haven't been able to take a deep breath in like a year and I didn't realize it till just now. Mm. And that's one of those moments when I've had people do figure four against the wall specifically. I see that a lot when people have pain, they have that reaction that like that aha moment in their faces like, oh, that's what was hurting and this is how I can help it. So I would encourage you to at least give it a try even if you don't have an injury that acute or um, that's that impactful in your body, it's probably gonna feel really good either way. (laughs) So does pigeon or swan hit any of these uh, meridian lines? Yeah, swan targets a lot of meridian lines, uh, especially in upright swan, you're honestly targeting pretty much all of them at once. Uh, If you're feeling this a lot in the top of your back leg, it's a lot into the stomach and spleen. But really, swan is just one of those ones that hits all the bases. It involves a lot of your body, and it's a beautiful posture to keep in your practice. Okay, that brings us to an end of this one. So thanks again. Have a good night. Yeah, have a great night. We are incredibly grateful to have you join us to the end of this episode. If you want to share your experience and deepen your connection with our community, we would love to have you join us as a guest. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. See you on the map.